Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. We're gonna turn there today. Matthew chapter five, verse 13. Okay, and it says this. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And you all know that we're in our New Era series, a series that was set in motion by my husband, he who is not here today, okay? And that's why, you know, you're like, what, something's missing. It's not God, it's not Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. We've got the Trinity here. It's just Pastor Adam, okay? And so he's in LA, he's preaching for Pastor Jake Sweetman tonight, today. And so, but, At one of our Vive at Five services, some of us were here and we heard him begin to prophesy about the era of the evangelist. And so we have put that in motion and we are practically talking about what it is to evangelize in our day, in our age, to our generation. And we're a kind of practical church. We wanna give you stuff that you can take out of here and we're gonna preach to you Monday, okay? Not just give you all this stuff that's good in your head, but that you can't actually walk it out and work it out in the earth because Jesus never preached like that. Jesus always gave very real examples and things for people to put in motion. And so this is a very practical series. And so we had Pastor Chase last week. He did a brilliant job. Who was here for Pastor Chase? You're gonna have to be louder than that with me today, church. And he was here and he preached a message, a good offense starts with a great defense, okay? And today, I'm gonna preach to you a message about being the salt and the light of the earth. More about the salt, okay? And I've entitled this message today, Stay Salty. Nudge the person next to you, say, stay salty. Now you can take your seat. Now you can sit down and get comfy. And thank you, worship, you vibe worship. You're amazing. Who loves our worship team? How are we liking these new service times? 9.30, 11.30, okay, there's a little more, you know, wiggle room in them, but hey, we're gonna fill them up really, really quickly. Um, so don't get too comfortable with the seat next to you, okay? Um, but yeah, so I, I wanna talk to you about staying salty today. Um, uh, you know, my growing up, that was like my motto in life, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to Vox Jen because I'm talking about when I was about 15 to 20. Stay salty was my motto, okay? It was like hang out as, at the beach as much as you possibly can. I have this newfound freedom. I have a car. I can drive it anywhere I like. And I would drive it down to the beach every morning, every lunch, every evening. And so there's something about, you know, like I had, you know those those shell little bracelet things that you guys all wear around your necks and it's all trendy now. Okay, well, well, they were back in like ages ago, okay? 
and you pay like 30 bucks for them. We used to pay five bucks for them, okay? So I had the anklets, I had the necklaces, I had all the salty, stay salty bling and, you know, growing up in Australia, um, just being around the beach all the time. We lived five minutes from the beach, okay? And my local beach was called Nobby's Beach, you can look it up. There's like lots of funny things that happened at Nobby's Beach. There's an old man who's just walking along. He just kicks a snake and then keeps going. That's where I came from, okay? And so Nobby's and Newcastle. And so I would go out in the morning and some of like my favourite times in the ocean is like in the morning. Has anyone ever been for a morning swim in the ocean? okay. There's some swimmers in there. We're kind of like half-half, okay? And so we would go out and it was so crystal clear as the sun is rising, there's this beautiful ocean, everything's glassy. It's so pretty. There's nothing like a fresh morning swim in the ocean. And then we would go at lunchtime, okay? And we would, you know, uh, that's when it was a little bit more rocky and a little bit more wavy, but better for surfing. And so you go out in your lunch break and it was awesome. And in the middle of summer, these sandbars would create, you know, um, out in the, in the deeper parts. So you'd have like a deep section and you'd swim. And then all of a sudden you were like, it was like you were like Jesus walking on water out in the ocean. It was the coolest thing. Actually, one of my favourite memories is of me and Adam. He convinced me to swim out to this sandbar. And I got out there and then I realised, hey, there's people walking around here with dry hair oh, you can walk in from the sandbar. Sometimes they were just, you know, and I had made all the effort for the swim. We would go night swimming. Anybody ever been night swimming? Okay, night swimming is so fun. You just don't wanna go like right on shark dinner time, you know, a little bit later in the evening. That's the best time to go in those hot uh, summer nights. And, you know, we just stayed salty. We had salt in our hair. We had salt on our skin. And you knew you were salty because you felt salty. And that's why they have those showers, you know, at the beach. You can just get rid of the salt. Um, but I want to talk to you about that and just, you know, a little bit today because we're going to talk about what it is to and go on a journey to discover what it is to be the salt of the earth. Because it's kind of you know, a, a weird analogy for us. You know, when, sometimes when you read the Bible, you're like, okay, well, how do I actually apply that to today? And so Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. If you're a Christian, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And but in both cases, this is not by saying anything or by doing anything. It's by being something. You see, and that's what salt is. Salt is being something. Salt affects the environment simply by being what it is, not by saying or doing anything. This, this, you know, it's just salt, okay? And so if we're going to be salt and if we're going to be light, it's not going to be by a lot of talk and it's not going to be even by a lot of action. It's not going to be by any of those things, it's going to be by being totally different from our environment and so different that we affect it. You see, oftentimes when we think about evangelism, we think about it's all about, you know, preaching the gospel and it is, that's a portion of it, but there's a way better way to preach the gospel with your life by being a Christian, by being transformed. And there's so 
many, much attention that we put, I, I think, you know, when it comes into the evangelism conversation, on the emphasis is on the conversation and the emphasis is on action. But let me tell you something, you can talk a whole lot and you can do a whole lot of things, but if you are not a legitimate Christian, it leaves a really bad taste in people's mouths. And so what we need today is we need people who are gonna be the people of God, that we're gonna actually be Christians in the earth, something that is so different than this world has ever known. And so in Luke, we see what Jesus means. In, in the book of Luke, he talks about being salt in the earth and he unpacks it a little bit more. Um, if we were to just unpack it from the book of Matthew, which I just read just before, he says, be salt in the earth. And so when we do that, we're like, okay, well, what does salt do? And we go to our interpretation or you know, our, our experience with salt and we read it into the text. And we do that all the time. So we think about table salt, don't we? So we think about the salt that we put on our food and we think about how it preserves things and we think about how as Christians, we are the spice of life, you know, and a, sprinkle a little bit of Christians out there and then, you know, a bit of fun is had and, you know, the, and life will be better. But that's not exactly what Jesus was trying to communicate to the people in His day. It was a different meaning. And so I wanna teach you a little bit today okay? Is that okay for me to teach you a little bit? You can hear my voice is sort of struggling a little bit. But in Luke chapter 14, in verse 34 and 35, it says this, it says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither, uh, it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out wherever, it's thrown out um, and then whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And so basically Luke is saying, I'm giving you an example. I'm giving you insight into how salt was used in the ancient world for the soil and for the manure pile. You see, back in the day when they would get salt, they would scrape up salt from the, the shores of the Dead Sea, okay? And this, and if you've ever been to the Dead Sea or you've ever read anything about, I think <laughs> Pastor Vance has been, you've floated in the Dead Sea. I've seen pictures of you with my husband doing that. And so in that, in that um, salt that's there, it's not pure sodium chloride, it's a mixture of various salts. In fact, there's all kinds of salts in the Dead Sea and one of the main ones is potassium chloride, okay? Potassium chloride is something that um, is also called potash. Now, that means pretty much nothing to most people. But if you're a gardener, you're like, I know exactly what that is used for because uh, a gardener understands that plants need three kinds of fertilizers. They need phosphate to develop the roots. They need nitrates to develop the leaves and they need potash to develop the flowers and the fruits. And every balanced fertilizer has all three of these things in it. And so, you know, what we see is that the salt that was scraped up from the Dead Sea, it was widely used as a fertilizer in their day. Not, and so Jesus wasn't referencing something that you put on the table. He was referencing fertilizer. 
and largely because of the potash in it. But Jesus was speaking about it in these terms. And he says, that's why you put it on the soil, the soil, the earth, the salt of the earth, the salt of the soil. You see, and why do we need you and me to be salt of the earth. Well, the fertilizer that you put on the soil is there to make good things grow. And so Jesus is communicating something to us in this. And then he begins to go and change the picture a little bit. And he says this, he mentions the manure pile. And so he's like, okay, I'm gonna take you for a second into the backyard. So this is like not, This is not animal manure, this is human manure is the word for this. And so he takes them into an everyday situation that all of them would have understood. We all have bathrooms in our houses and we all have to do that business sometimes. And so he's like, you know, you go out to the back, there's a dirt pile out the back there. And as you do your business, then there's a salt box next to the dirt pile and you would scatter the salt from the Dead Sea that, that was in that box and you would scatter it on the, on the dirt and it was used as a disinfectant to stop the spread of things that you didn't want to grow. So we have a very vivid picture here of a positive and a negative influence of salt. And I think that it's a beautiful picture for us today that it promoted the growth of good things that we want to grow and that it inhibited the spread of bad things that we didn't want to grow. And so Jesus is unpacking this parable for the people who would have been having an aha moment right then and there. And some of us miss that in the text because we've appropriated that it's salt for the table. But I'm here to tell you today, Vive Church, that you are the people who God has designed to be in the earth today in 2023 to stop the bad things growing and spreading. That He has also put you here on the earth today to promote the good things that He wants to grow in the earth. That we can live out the mission on our house, which is to awaken people to the reality of Jesus and bring heaven to earth. There's some things that you and I have to do by being salt. And you see, it doesn't happen by us saying anything or doing anything, but by being something that is totally different from the environment around us. You introduce you into the equation. Well, let's say this. If I were to introduce Pastor Vince and Pastor Kim into the equation, what do I get? Generosity. If I introduce Pastors Ben and Jackie into the equation, what do I get? Legacy. If I introduce you into your sphere or your environment, what do I get? And so there's a difference by you just being who you are, who God's called you to be. And so... I need to talk about effectiveness then and and salt quantity, okay? Because, I mean, where's all my cooks at? Who loves to cook here? Okay, awesome. I've got some friends in the room. I love to cook, but apparently my children have illuminated to me that you only need a sprinkling in the kitchen, okay? Just need a little bit of salt, mum. Not not that much salt. I, I like to get the molden, like, box salt, and then I just, like, oil up, 
the bread and then I sprinkle it on top and like my kids are scraping the salt off, you know, by the time it gets to the table. But when you're using salt to season things in the kitchen, you just use a little bit. You don't need a lot of that. But when you are fertilizing or when you are disinfecting, you've got to throw some handfuls of salt on that thing. And so that's the difference here is there's a quantity issue that we have in our generation. We need a considerable amount. We need handfuls that we are going to salt society with, okay? And so, and so it demands a certain portion of us being salty in society, a certain portion of Christians being Christian, being different, being salt. And so the simple fact is that the reason we feel like we're not winning in some of our spheres is that we don't just have enough salt in that sphere. Okay, it's not that God's not working. It's not that God's not moving. It just, it's, we just have a salt issue in that area. And so, so that's why social trends tend to go the wrong way and the reverse of, of, of things are happening because we don't have sufficient amounts of salt. And so I'm just gonna remind you of that today because you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry about that because salt ratios don't have to be same, same. They don't have to be more than. It's like a portion of salt begins to change that, that thing. It begins to affect, go to work and bring effect. And you see, God's also in the business of salt production. Okay, so He is seeing people come to Him in all spheres at the moment. If you just pay attention in the entertainment industry, in government, in, in different spheres, people are waking up and God is producing more salt in the earth. And you know, I think about it proportionally. It's like you had the 120 in the upper room, right? And 3,000 people came to Christ. I don't want you to be, you know, disillusioned or downcast because you feel like there's not enough salt. I want you to open your eyes and look around you and go, Who's, where's the salt in my sphere that I can begin to come around? If you have a handful of students praying in your school, just a handful of salt, you can see revival in that school. If you have a handful of students praying on a college campus, you can begin to see revival in that place. If you have a handful of Google people, Google employees meeting together for a Vive group. You have the makings to affect that space. And so uh, I've got to talk about salt disbursement now, okay? You, you still with me? Excellent, awesome. Okay, so salt disbursement because salt is awesome, but it's useless in the box, in the bowl. If we just keep it in this space, it has got to be in direct contact with the dirt before it operates. And I just hate to be so rudimentary, but I just wanna give you the picture of what it looks like, that the salt has to be put in placement with the dirt. And the thing that I want you to take away from this is that in other words, it operates by presence, not by absence. You need to be salt, you need to be effectively salt, but you need to also be in the right place as well. It needs to operate with the dirt. And I got, it's gotta be in direct physical contact if it's going to have any operation. 
And you see, I think about this because um, I, I got dressed this morning and I put this outfit together, but I didn't try it on before I put it on. Did anybody else do that? I, I usually try it like make sure the outfits work before the night before. But, you know, we, we got out of the flooded, you know, city where we live and I've been staying in a hotel so I wouldn't miss church on Sunday. So, but anyways, I put this on and I was like, oh my goodness, it reminds me of my Newcastle permanent days where I was a bank teller. I look like a bank teller. And, and so, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. But I remember those days like it was yesterday because I remember being like a new Christian. I remember going into the workforce and I remember being so different. It was so obvious to me that I was salt amongst dirt. Like that, there, that I was different, that there was just me being in the room and maybe not partaking in some of the things that they wanted to partake in was the difference in the room. They knew it, I knew it, but I just wanna encourage you today because salt needs to be in contact with the dirt for it to operate. That's where it operates the best. And some of us have been removing ourselves from the spheres of the earth that God has called us into. And we've been creating and curating safe spaces for ourselves as salt that is separate from the ground. But God wants to scatter you into some spheres. He wants to place you in some places where you can begin to operate so effectively in your Christianity. And so I think about that because I think all the time we've got this situation right now where you're able to go back into the office, but many Christians are just staying at home. I'll have the option to stay at home. I'm gonna stay at home. Well, that's comfortable, but you have a calling on your life and you have been called to be salt and you can't do what God has called you to do while you're sitting in your comfy office space and not interacting with the other people around you. It's just one example. You know, we could go on many, many examples. I know just being a young mom and the, doing the mom life, coming out of the mom cave. You know, you wanna stay in that cave. It's comfy in that cave. Church is better at home watching online in that cave. But getting out of that space and getting into community and being amongst other people, it's so important for us to be salt that is scattered amongst the earth. And I know it, I know it because I sense it and I feel it for how God brought me over here. He's like, Kira, I need some salt in California. California's a little bit salt deficient. I need to send you there, okay? They need some salt. And so we packed up our bags and came over here. They've got enough salt in Texas, I think. I think they're good. I don't think you need to move over there. I think you need to stay right here. I think you need to help us be salt here because we need salt in spheres of government. We need salt in spheres of local government. We need salt in spheres of education. We need salt in spheres of financial sectors. We need salt in all spheres of society. And now is the most important time to be that salt. And you know at Vive Church, we do everything excellently. So I'm gonna talk about salt quality, okay? And so, so the third aspect and perhaps the most important for us is the aspect of quality. Um, it must be salty. See, Jesus said this, He talked about it losing its savour. And I just think that's interesting because how does sodium chloride lose its salty quality? 
And, and if you're into biology, you understand the answer is it cannot. It just can't. It's a physical impossibility. But yet, if Jesus talked about it, then it must have been able to happen. And so we see that Jesus said, if salt has lost its savour, it's no good for anything. Men throw it out in the street. They throw it out in the rubbish with everything else. And it's trodden on under, underfoot in the dirt. And so that's what they used to do. They used to just throw their rubbish out on the street. And that's where the salt ended up, if it was adulterated. And so now he says this, now how could salt lose its savour? And, and it, it can't cease to be sodium chloride. The only way it can cease to be salty is by being adulterated with other substances. And so what we, what we have here is we have this illustration where we've got some salt that's mixed in with sand. And that's what happened with the Dead Sea. Like if you were a clever salt dealer, you would just scoop up a little bit of extra sand with the salt. It looked like more, it was a bit, you know, schemy. But by the time you got it home, if there was too much sand in the salt, there was too much mixture taking place, you couldn't use it. It lost its quality. And so any housewife that would begin to buy that, uh, you know, who had bought that adulterated salt uh, and, and couldn't use it anymore because it had too much sand in it, they'd have to throw it out in the street and it would be trodden on under people's feet. And Jesus was using everyday examples so that they would understand what that looked like. And it's pretty obvious to them and it will be becoming pretty obvious to us that his point is this, that Christians will only influence the world if we are different from it. We have to be absolutely 1000% different from it. And as we discussed earlier, we need more salt, okay? <laughs> we need a lot more of it. But at the same time, what's happening is that we need to make sure that the salt that we do have, it doesn't lose its saltiness. And that I feel such a passion on as a, as a preacher of the Word and a teacher of the Word. The only way you can stay salty is by knowing what's in this, is by living out the words that are in this. And so this is what's happening today in our Christianity and in a lot of churches across the earth. The humanist, you know, ideas are, are, are creeping into the Christian theology. You have liberation theology that's creeping into it. It's mixing itself with it. You have secularist culture that is mixing itself in with the salt of the earth. And it's making the quality of the salt become something that we cannot use that is ineffective in the world, that God cannot use, it's ineffective. It's like, I gotta talk about this because, you know, that's why when we, we come around topics like marriage, that's not a political thing, that's a God thing. God planned marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman, okay? And so when we don't say that, we mix the salt with the sand. And see, when we, when we go, gender's optional, you can choose whatever gender you wanna be. There's not just male and female and mix the sand in with the salt. And it's losing its saltiness. When we say, oh, it's not a fetus, not a baby. No, that is a baby. And so we need to, we need to make sure that we are not trying to be so current with the world that we lose our saltiness. 
I want you to listen to me today, Vive Church. You are not called to be current. You are not called to blend in in your work spheres, in your schools, in your colleges. You are called to be different. You are called to be, to be one who stands out to be one who is the salt of the earth because there is so much pressure. There's so much pressure to conform. Contemporary culture says, you know, you can't reach us if you don't become like us. How you'll lose us if you don't become like us. And I just gotta tell you that that is exactly how you lose your saltiness. That's the way you begin to conform to the things of this world and not be transformed. Our job is to be salt that stands out in society, that we go in and we set the trend and we say, no, don't live your life that way. There's a better way to live your life. Live your life like this. You think that's love, that's not love. This is what love is. You think that this is how you need to live under oppression, under depression. No, God wants to liberate you. He wants to lift you up. And so we need to begin to lead society, not follow the cues of society. I gotta tell you, I've seen way too many people when we encounter those we love and they choose to go the way of culture. There's too many Christians who are mixing sand with salt and you're just lowering the bar so that your friend can make it, your sister can make it, your brother can make it, your child can make it. But we don't get to determine what the standard is. Jesus set the standard. God set the standard. In fact, Jesus elevated the standard. He said, there's a moral standard for your life. And, he, and you know, instead of just lifting it to the point where, I mean, we can't meet it on our own but He lifts us to the place where we can meet it through Him. And so He liberates us in that regard. But what we do as Christians is we lower the bar so that people can meet it. And that is not gonna be farewell in the end. And so that's not being salt and it's not being light. And so let me unpack for you today what, what it is to be salty, saltiness. What is saltiness? Well, we need to go back to the Beatitudes to work out what it is to be salt in the earth. And when we read these properly, we see that they are the exact opposite attitudes of this world. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like to know what to do and what not to do. So, like it makes the option really clear. And so I'm gonna just spell it out for you today because in Matthew chapter five, we have the Beatitudes. And Jesus says, this is how you're gonna have to operate in the world. If you're gonna be salt in the world, if you're gonna operate as you know, sons and daughters of this kingdom, this kingdom is an upside down kingdom from the kingdom of the world. It operates entirely differently. And so God says, here's how it's gonna go in Matthew chapter five, verse three. God says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. He's talking about poor in spirit. And He says, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know, there's things that I would call cursitudes of our generation, the attitudes of our generation, because in the end, it's not going to fare well. And so the opposite of being poor in spirit would be 
Cursed are those who are self-satisfied for they are as good as they will ever be. And we have a generation who are self-satisfied. I made it, I made myself, I'm here, I've arrived. I don't need God. But there is a poor in spiritness that we have to have as the salt of the earth. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Oh, to look at our world and to not mourn for our generation. That is crazy to me. There's so much that I mourn for, for our generation. They could be living for more. They don't have to go that route. But here, you know, the opposite of that would be, cursed are the party goers for the party will soon be over. We're just gonna party, we're just gonna do, and I'm all about fun, okay? I love parties, but there's a, there's a party going on that isn't, the, people are celebrating things that they should not be celebrating. And he says, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. But hey, cursed are the forceful for they will end up with nothing. And we have people vying for things, positions, power, authority that is not theirs to have. But God is ultimately in control. God, in, he's, in verse six, He said, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. To be salt in the earth, you have to hunger and thirst for justice and they will be satisfied. The Lord is the one who brings about justice. And so then the opposite of that would be cursed are those who have no hunger or thirst for God for they will never find fulfilment. What a contrast to think that you can make it on your own and never actually encounter God. God blesses those who are merciful. Merciful is something that is, stands out as salty in this world, for they will be shown mercy. But cursed is the merciless, for it will come back to them. And then he says in verse eight, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. But for the impure, they will only see darkness. There must be a purity. There must be a quality about our salt that is unadulterated by the things of this world. He says also, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. Christians are not troublemakers, they are peacemakers. And so troublemakers, they say, cursed are the troublemakers for they will be left unclaimed. Oh, to be claimed by God. I wanna be a peacemaker. I wanna marry people to their purpose. I wanna marry people to their God calling and their God destiny. I wanna marry people to their salvation. I wanna marry people to Him. God says also in verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. See, there's a lot of people though today who are gaining prominence through immorality and their end will be one of obscurity. And Jesus is saying all of this in the Beatitudes because He's a realist, because He understands by His own experience, by the fact that He never actually called Himself salt, but He did call Himself light. And so He's like, from experience, this is not gonna go down well with 
the world. The world are not gonna like you. So he adds this next beatitude. And he says in verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. And he says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember that ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And I just wanna encourage some of you today because you feel felt a little bit discouraged. Like why is the world not applauding me? Why is the world not, you know, giving me accolades for doing the right thing? The world doesn't know how to applaud the right things. You're not gonna see your reward here on earth if you're gonna be the salt of the earth, but you are gonna see your reward in heaven. And that is what is laid up for you when you are the salt of the earth. And the reason that the world doesn't like salt is because salt stings. Okay, you ever had salt in a wound? It stings, it's painful, it's like, ouch. And so when we are operating like God intended us to, with the quality of salt out there in the world, there is gonna be a reaction. You're gonna get an unpleasant reaction from the world at times. It, it raises the pain level when you, when you introduce salt. It raises the awareness of a wound that maybe we were not aware of before, but suddenly we're aware of because salt was introduced into the equation. And so, there's a reaction that takes place, but saltiness is required for healing. And I just wanna encourage you today because you know we wanna remove anything that would feel awkward or that would be painful or whatever to our generation, but our generation is suffering. Our generation is wounded. Our world is broken and we need to be the solution that, that brings the healing. We need to be the salt in the world that won't back away and go, I know, I know it stings you to hear the truth. I know that it's not nice on this wound that you have, but let me, let me heal you. Let me bring this because it's gonna bring about wholeness for your life. Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.